In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 18th Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise, and he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. This is the word of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. The epistle is from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, the first chapter. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew 
the 22nd chapter. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. This is the word of the Lord. The most important question that has ever been asked of man by Jesus is this. Who do you say that I am? Opinions of Jesus are not important, but confessions of his truth are. What you opine about Jesus, what you hypothetically think Jesus would do or would not do, or how Jesus would or would not vote, is frankly meaningless. 
But what you say of Jesus, what you confess he is, now this, on the other hand, matters immensely. Thus, the question Jesus poses to his disciples is reformed and posed to the Pharisees. What do you think about the Christ? But this question does not end with its utterance to the Pharisees. This question, the most important question ever asked of man, is an eternal question. It is asked of you, just as it was asked of your fathers and your fathers' fathers. What do you think of Jesus? Who do you say that he is? You may not realize it, but you answer this question repeatedly throughout your entire life. When you pray with your family at home, you answer the question in the words of the Apostles' Creed, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. When you come to the divine service on the Sabbath day, you answer this question with the Nicene Creed. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. The creeds of the church are the answer to Jesus' question. And when you confess them, they teach you how to answer Jesus' question. The words of the creed are the words of the church, not the words of man. To the creeds, as to the confession of St. Peter, Jesus says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God reveals to you the answer even as he poses to you the question. That is because making a confession of faith, otherwise known as answering the question, who do you say that I am, is not an act of intellect. It is not providing the correct answer on a test after thoughtful and thorough study. It is simply submitting to God. Surrendering to him by answering his question of himself with the words he has already spoken about himself. The creeds of the church are so important because they are not ideas of men. They are eternal because they are not the words of men. The creeds of the church are God's own answer to the questions, who do you say that I am, and what do you think of me? Indeed, the creeds of the church are, frankly, the only correct answer to Jesus' questions. Jesus says, what do you think of me? And the church says, whatever you think of yourself, Lord, tell me, and that is what I think of you. I do not plumb the depths of the divine mind, O Lord. I simply follow where you lead, and I simply believe what you tell me. Notice then the difference between Jesus asking, what does everybody else think about me, and what do you think of me? You cannot be informed 
by what everybody else thinks of Jesus. Case in point, the Pharisees. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord? What is Jesus? He is a son. Whose son is he? He is David's son. This is half correct, but in the case of Jesus, being half correct only is still being fully incorrect. If Jesus is only the son of David, he is nothing but a man, another fallible, fallen sinner among many great men raised up by God whose faith is to deliver Israel temporarily from temporal foes. If the Christ is only the son of David, he is a worthless Christ. And yet the Pharisees do not believe that the Christ is the son of God, which would elevate him to a different sort of Christ, a different sort of Savior. But Jesus cannot be only one or the other. He must be the son of David, the son of man, and the Son of God. He is not whole without calling David Lord and without receiving homage as Lord from David. He is and he must be God and man, fully, inseparable, eternal. He is the love of God incarnate, a love the law requires of both God to man and man to God, and from man to man. The Christ who is only the Son of David dies. The Christ who is only the Son of God cannot die. The Christ who is what he has said he will be, is and ever shall be, Son of David and Son of God, both dies and does not die. It is this Christ and him alone who wins salvation for man. If he speaks a word of himself, it matters more than anything you think and anything that you are comfortable with. Do you think of God, what he says of himself? Or do you think of God, what you think and make of him? The eternal importance of Jesus' question, truly an invitation to speak back to him what he says of himself, is witnessed in this current age. In the United States alone, nearly 50% of all Christians across every denomination do not believe that Jesus is God. They say with the Pharisees, he is the son of David. They do not believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, immaculately conceived by the Holy Spirit, uniquely to bear the sin of man. Just this week, the Southern Baptist Convention's mission arm stated that it really does not matter whether Jesus was truly God or not. In this country, the number of practicing witches outnumbers total number of Presbyterians. 
and is projected within five years to outnumber the total number of Christians. But everyone from the militant atheist socialist to the right-wing industrial capitalist invokes the name of Jesus, at least for the sake of asking that meaningless and hyperbolic question, what would Jesus do? Why does it matter what Jesus would do if nobody can even answer who or what Jesus is? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What he says of himself is no mere trivia. It is not simply fact. It is reality. It is truth. I am speaks what is. To abide in truth is to agree with him and to speak back to him what he says of himself. This is objective and it is directly opposed to the rampant subjectivity of the my Jesus attitude. There is no such thing as my Jesus or your Jesus. There is only Jesus. What do you think about him? What he says of himself? Or what the devil in you called personal opinion says of him? If you say of Jesus what Jesus says of Jesus, blessed are you, for the Father has given you a good confession. If you say what you will of Jesus, Cursed are you for inventing a new Jesus and, like the Pharisees, answering and awaiting a Christ who's only worth in how he lets you justify yourself. The truth of Jesus that matters is the truth of Jesus that Jesus gives. He is God and man, the son of David and David's Lord, your Christ your Savior, your God, your brother. What do you say of him? What do you think of him? What he says of himself. For what he says of himself is also what he imputes to you. Sonship, divinity, resurrection, life, and salvation. Can man's Jesus do that? Can the maybe God, but maybe not God, it doesn't really matter, Jesus, do that? Can the Democrat Jesus do that? Can the Republican Jesus do that? Can the moralist Jesus do that? Can the anarchist Jesus do that? Pick your Jesus from the infinite Jesus as the world offers to you from this Jesus buffet, or, or submit to the only true Christ, the only real Jesus revealed to you in word and in sacraments who tells you of himself. Think of him what he thinks of himself and trash every other word and opinion as satanic rubbish. Your credo, your I believe, is not yours to own. It is the voice of the church. Submit instead of opining. For submission to the words of the church is submission to the true Christ who has given those very words 
that you might learn to know him and by them be enriched in every utterance and in all knowledge. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit to preserve the Church, his own creation. For defense against all heresies and schisms. For peace and unity. For strength of faith, resolve of will, and boldness of confession among all Christians. And for a right desire for purity and sanctity, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the church, they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world. For all bishops and pastors, that they would remain steadfast in their callings to preach, teach, and administer the sacraments faithfully. For an increase of laborers to send into the harvest, and for the strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian households, for the preservation of all Christian marriages, for true fidelity, love, and chastity to define the relationships of husband and wife, that dying to self they may each live only for and in the other, in thanksgiving for the marital love that bears the fruit of children, in thanksgiving for the birth of briar dawn and for the swift rebirth of holy baptism, for Christ to dwell in every home by prayer, and for an increase in devotion among the saints of God, let us pray to the Lord. For a spirit of love and charity to abound within this nation, for prosperity and peace, for an end to all sedition, rebellion, hatred and scorn, for wisdom to all who rule, especially to Joseph our president and Michael our governor, that they may lead in honesty for the betterment of our people, for truth and justice, for the defense of the innocent, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance to all victims of suffering, violence, and misfortune, for all in want and need in the wake of Hurricane Ian, for provision to all birthed from the generosity of Christian love, for the Lord to guide all efforts to assist the needy, treat the wounded, house the homeless, rebuild the broken, and comfort the mourning, and for the faith of God's people to remain unshaken in the face of disaster, trusting in his good and gracious will with faith in his merciful promises, let us pray to the Lord. For the defense of the innocent and the just, for our youth, that their learning may be safeguarded from the blasphemy of worldliness, and for all teachers, that they may be encouraged in all right endeavors to educate the youth in all truth, with all integrity, and against all falsehood, and for the protection and preservation of them all. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, our good physician, for the hands of Christ's healing work, all doctors, nurses, surgeons, emergency responders, and all other medical professionals, for all who suffer ailments of body or soul, especially Sherry, Pam, Doug, Shirley, Nancy, Janice, and David, for those near death, especially Judy, for comfort to those who mourn, 
and in eager expectation of the last day and the return of the Christ, let us pray to the Lord. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, which you have caused to dwell within our hearts, and for the knowledge of faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. From the four winds gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 